Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just... Shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff and all the homies. Woo! Here we go! Two All right, this is this is uh this is Nate's big big game day. This is we're recording it while the Eagles and Bucks are playing on Monday night. But today, as we're recording, or today when you're listening, is Tuesday, January 16th. And there has been a whole hell of a lot that has taken place since last week's episodes. Woo, you ain't kidding. Ranging from the coaching carousel in both the college and professional football ranks. And the huge effects this will have across the landscapes of the sport. Huge. Huge. Coaching royalty is out in both Foxborough and Tuscaloosa. Goats. And Seattle. Yeah, uh, his is less dramatic. I, I, do you think? Never mind. We can talk about it later. I mean, but... I still consider it royalty, though. Yeah. It, oh no, no, I'm not downplaying that. I'm saying that it, it's not. I feel like it, he's staying there. Like I really think he's like Pappy, just getting old, wants to chill and hang out. That's how I gotcha. take. It. Gotcha. Like let's let's look. Your coaching mind's great. Let's get a younger guy that's going to relate more to the uh, youth. Well, he said on a radio show. Pete Carroll, just make sure everyone yeah. in the world knows who we're talking about. He said on a radio show that he tried to make a push to run again for another year, and the people in charge are not football people and did not give him an option. Well, well isn't Pete like in his mid-70s? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, said, yeah. Well, so is how old well, Belichick's 70, what, right? I think they're all in the 70s. Yeah, okay. Save so, and I can Speaking of coaching royalty, football guys, there's also a Harbaugh interviewing for an NFL coaching vacancy. Sorry, I didn't say it. In San Diego. <laughs> I didn't say Not it. Not San Diego, L.A. Yeah. L.A. You fell in love with the San Diego Chargers. I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, the NFL playoffs started this past weekend. And more from the sports world jam-packed into this episode, including a top-rated... Sports Network having to vacate 37 Emmy Awards. Ooh. I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. You're looking forward to this conversation. I'm looking forward to you talking about your contribution to the notes. I, I, I'm being genuine. You got to be a dick. I just didn't want to bury the fucking conversation. Why you got to be an ass already? So you're going to talk about the Kraken or are we just going to move on? I was I was waiting for you to tell me. I was waiting for a lead in. Yeah, think, I'm recording. I think me being a dick was the lead in. So go. All right, the Kraken win, and then they lose to the Penguins. Thanks to all those interacting with us on the social media and all of our content across the platforms. Be sure to follow us at Sports Jim Muff on Instagram and Twitter. Sports Stuff W forward slash Jim Ambersand Muff on Facebook on YouTube. Subscribe, comment, rate, review, poke, like, tickle. Get the bell on. Ding, ding. Get the bell on. Which 
brings us into the leadoff for this week, and it is the coaching carousel. Out in the NFL, we have Bill Belichick in Foxborough, Pete Carroll in Seattle, but as Alex has already alluded to, still remaining with the organization. Mike Vrabel out in Tennessee, Ron Rivera out in Washington, Arthur Smith out in Hotlanta to join the previously fired Brandon Staley from the Chargers, Frank Reich in Carolina, and Josh McDaniels in Raidertown. Thus far, we only have one head coach that has been named, and that is Gerard Mayo for the Patriots, becoming the youngest head coach in the NFL, one year younger than Sean McVay for the Rams. How are we feeling about the coaches that are out, including Belichick and Carroll as football royalty, Ron Rivera, a longstanding coach in the league, and Mike Rabel, a football man out in Tennessee? Honestly, out of all of those, I was most shocked by Mike Rabel. I don't know why. I guess I just didn't see it coming. I don't think I'm shocked by Vrabel. I don't think Vrabel's exit from coaching is going to last very long. I can see him going somewhere very quickly. If he chooses. Like, I think he has the most upside. Yeah, I think that Bill Belichick doesn't have the most upside? I don't think he chooses. I think he's going to ride out. Like, his son's just got picked, got offered jobs in New England. I don't think he chooses. Now, I did hear a theory. I heard a conspiracy theory that like Atlanta could trade for Belichick and then Belichick could build his team wow, the way he wants tra- to. Trading is is gonzo. He's he's gone. There's nobody owns his rights anymore, I don't think. Uh that that's not what I heard this morning. I heard that his rights are still there. Well, no, they had released who was it? One of the owners of the Titans said it would just be too many hoops to jump through and be too overly complicated because it's not like trading a player's contract. So that's why they let Variable go. Right. But as far as Belichick, I don't think anybody's let his rights go necessarily. I mean, hopefully they do right by him and just let him go in his own accord and do what he wants. I mean, he's given back so much to that organization. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I who's gonna who's gonna want to do business with the Patriots anyway? Like I said, the theory out there is Atlanta will trade their draft pick for him. I don't see the draw to go to Atlanta right now. I'd like if I'm Belichick, I want to go to the team that's most likely to win right now, and that's not Atlanta. Yeah, I don't think Belichick has enough years to go rebuild a program. I agree with that. I like I said, heard a theory. Was it yeah, no, my I'm theory? Not... I don't necessarily think that as, he should go anywhere. As a resident conspiracy theorist, that is right. <laughs> right. I don't think he should go anywhere. But why did you see the writing on the wall for Vrabel in Tennessee, Jim? Uh, like he's had his shot a couple times. Like he can't get over the hump. He's a player's coach, but I don't think executives like him and if he's not producing the wins i don't think like i think it was easy to be like all right you're gone that'll fix it yeah i don't i feel like that was why i thought he'd stay he's a personality that i don't feel like easy to be like okay you're gone but maybe i just think differently in that like i feel like he is a strong personality is a player's coach so i thought he would have more grace 
Well, I think that kind of went downhill too. Is they were shown back when they traded AJ Brown on draft night a few years ago. That's when I think it kind of went downhill because he looked like he was caught off guard by that. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, I agree with that. So you trade your number one receiver. Everybody knows you still have Garrett Henry. So, okay, now you really just stop the run even more and you beat this team. And they haven't really won much lately. It's like, that's what the NFL is. It's what have you done for me lately? It definitely felt like a disconnect between ownership, management, and Vrabel. Yeah, and like you said, I don't think he's going to be out on the coaching carousel very long. I think of all the, the fired head coaches, he's probably everybody's number one of that group. Yeah. And how do we feel about Pete Carroll? I mean, obviously he's staying with the Seahawks. Uh, if he was a head coaching candidate, uh, he has the success at all levels, right? He has championships at the college level, championships at the NFL. He has long been a successful head coach, but over over the past three-ish plus years, his defensive prowess, at least the defensive uh, success of his teams on the field has lacked, and I think that's what got him out of there ultimately. Can we clarify this? He still have a show cause on him in the NCAA, like from the USC situation? Are you asking who? Anybody. Does anybody know? Because my understanding is he had the same situation as Tress did, and it started with him. Is that like you can't come to the league situation? Like you're kind of blackballed. If you do, there will be some penalty if you come back. And if that's the case, if that magically went away when he came back, I'd be pissed off and give Reggie his Heisman. That being said, I can't see him going. I can see him sitting a year in Seattle as consultant. And then waiting for a more prime time situation to come open. That's more advantageous to him. He's very he's an opportunist kind of guy. See, I feel like like we said with Belichick, he's to the point in his life and his career where he's going to go somewhere where he can try to win right now. He's not <laughs> the time to yeah. take a team to three or four years to build it up to get to be a real contender. Yeah. I mean, I think he's just going to take the uh, Bruce Arians treatment and kind of just like ride off in the sunset, but still be involved. I mean, that is a, I think that's a nice route for him, but the pay's got to be there. I also don't know how much patience, after what he said on the radio show in Seattle, how much patience does he have for ownership in Seattle? Well, I mean, enough that he agreed to stick around. It's true. I think that's because it benefited him for now. He's obviously able to put up with it, at least, at the very right. least. Uh, how do we feel about Gerard Mayo, uh, the Patriots looking within, and somebody that's been under that that Belichick tutelage to become the next head coach for the Patriots? Say, I think this is a very Patriots move um, to hire within the system. Yeah. It's the Patriot way kind of idea. I was not at all surprised by this. I think that he played it there, too, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Like, he had is the Patriot way. Like, to me, that's, like, a very – predictable move um hot take and i'll probably muff you might have to edit this i don't know it's your feeling oh boy it shocked me simply because he's black in boston black in boston shocked the shit out of me i saw some some jabbers of that online i Um, think it just 
it shocked me how quickly they named him head coach. I mean, they had the succession plan, cool. But that town accepting a black coach, nobody I, nobody seemed to be out there with the pitchforks, which is good. Progressive town, I guess. But well, no, I feel like especially because like we said, he's played for that franchise. Mm-hmm. He won championships there. He's coached there as an assistant. So I feel like he's kind of like just like Alex said, like the next man up kind of mentality there where, all right, you've done your due for us as a player. You've done it as a coach. So now let's give you the opportunity to take the next step. So, again, this hire doesn't surprise me. The speed of it it happened surprised me. Yeah, I think the only reason they were able to not forego, but able to circumvent some of the other processes is because they had a succession plan in place. Yeah. Right. right. That's that's where that came down to. If not, it would not have happened this quickly. Uh, yeah. And maybe that's a way, you know, that's we don't want this one to two, three month process before we know who's our guy. Yeah. Like we're ready to get this done. So well, and I think it sticks to the trend of like, OK, you're going to get a younger guy in there. He knows the system, knows the way, hopefully continues to continues the path. And we have him for many years. Like, I think the Patriots, similar mm-hmm. to the Steelers, aren't looking for like that couple year coach like they are someone who wants a coach that's going to stick around and i could be wrong i don't know much about pre-belichick but just because i've grown up in the belichick era of how old are you there, uh 29 so you're like four yeah yeah like, belichick is the patriots and the patriots yeah. are belichick yeah. like i don't know <laughs> anything else about them <laughs> i think the big thing is going to be the cast around him i mean he's not going to be like the offensive coach or whatever playing as the linebacker being a linebackers coach. And that's where they really seemed to struggle this year was putting points on the board. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be the next big thing in New England is who do they bring on to help that offense? I I also think is what Belichick instilled from a stat from a hiring, drafting, that whole mentality. Is that going to stay? How is that going to look? Is Kraft going to be, hey, we've done it this way for 25 years, let's stay on this path? Or are they going to get a little crazy and start going up in the draft and bringing in people that... Well, they don't have to worry about going up in the draft. They have a high draft pick already. They're not used to being bad, so... (laughs) I think it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I think they're going to be more aggressive than they have been in the past. I mean, they did make some splashes who's in free agency that didn't turn out well for him. But like you said, as far as like maybe making some trades or doing something in the draft, I mean, they're going to have to do something because I mean, when's the last time you can really think like Alex and I said, both being 29 and all we know is <laughs> Patriots being good. It's like, what are they going to do now? I mean, we're not used to seeing a Patriot team with 12, 13 losses. Yeah, and the Patriots, uh, I mean, Kraft has come out and said they don't expect to fill the GM role until after the draft. So that's even more interesting as we have our head coach, but we're not going to fill the GM role until after the draft. Mm-hmm. So they're going to they're gonna ride this one out and see, see what comes of it. Uh, the Commanders have hired former 49ers assistant GM Adam Peters to fill their top management position, and they're waiting for their head coach now. I and think her- that's smart. I like the way the 49ers do business. I think it's a good move on the commander's part. I hate saying that. Well, that, And with the commander's new ownership now, I mean, 
you really want to make sure you get this hire right. Yep. That is it. And in college football, Nick Saban has officially retired. Putting up the Alabama uniform to hang out with his wife, Miss Terry. I, I feel like this should be an entire segment. It could be an entire show. Just the whole breakdown of what this means and like what this does to football. And then like, why did he make this decision? Because the Twitter sphere is saying NIL broke the man. The transfer portals broke the man. Well, he might be like someone who I've done this for so long, had so much success. I don't know what all of this means anymore. And I don't know that I'm in a point in my career where I want to try to adjust and learn everything. I think this might just be my sign to step away and let the young guys take over. Right. Right. I don't think it's necessarily like it broke him in the way of like, I hate this so much I'm leaving, but like, I think it's similar to like working with like an older doctor or something like when all of the EMR stuff starts changing and stuff, you see them get frustrated. And some of them are like, yeah, like at this point, this is the new wave in the new age. I'm going to gracefully bow out. Yeah. Saban seems like the more X's and O's guy and with everything else going on with the transfer portal and NIL and all that other shit, I can just see him being like, yeah, I just want to coach. I don't want to do all this extra shit. And then, and I heard this, and I'm not sure it's accurate. Guys who want to leave Bama and now Washington because the Washington coach replaced Bama, they can't leave because the transfer portal is closed until it reopens in the spring. Is that accurate? Or because their coach left, they can leave whenever? I thought there was a grace thing if your coach leaves. That's what I thought too. But ESPN this this mm, weekend, I th- I think that's more if they leave to go to another school. It may not be if you retire. So the Washington team can leave, but the Bama guys can't. That's I, that's my speculation. I'm not a transfer portal specialist. I always thought it was. I mean, and it seems like everybody's eligible now. But I always thought <laughs> it was if you left. And nothing changed, like coach wise, staff wise, that you had to sit a year. But they made an exception for coaching changes. Like if the coach leaves and the regime changes, you can leave and still be eligible right away. Well, that whole sit a year thing is another chaos. Most often, those who enter the portal are either graduate transfers with another year of eligibility, players at programs that fired or lost the head coach who recruited them. Or promising up and comers stuck behind a depth chart looking to get more reps on the field. But we don't know when they can go. The transfer portal in the fall begins with the sports championship selection. For football, that means the portal opens on December 4th, the day after the cultural playoffs revealed. And the players have until January 2nd to put their name into the portal. They will also have a 15 day period in the spring enter the portal that will be from may 1 to may 15 so they have to it's when they put their name into the portal so if they missed the up to the january 2 window window they'll be able to put their name into the portal starting on may 1 so the washington and bama guys because their coach left after the second can now kick in come spring so spring ball is going to be chaotic give us something to talk about and yeah which, <laughs> which that makes sense why 
after the spring game in Colorado, Dion completely had to overhaul the roster where mm-hmm. all those guys, like, wasn't it like the guy that led the team and receiving yards in the spring game transferred and all these other things happened. So now that's starting to make a little bit more sense. So, so it's going to be like the NBA and their <laughs> off season. Like it's going to be wild. It will be interesting, as Jim mentioned. Kalen DeBoer from Washington has taken the role at Alabama, and you expect that he will have some players that join him along the way. Along also, the way. heard that he was either the third or fourth pick for the job. I heard it went Sark. Your source Sark. This is this is from the intranets, the mm-hmm. Buckeye chatter. The tw- the TikTok chatter, the Twitter. This is from multiple different people. Okay. Then it went Sark. It went the guy from Oregon. Dan Lanning. Who said it he went, wasn't leaving. It went Lane. This is, put a pin in that one for a second. And then the Washington guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a little, and I don't know if this is real or not. This is, take this with a grain of salt. There's a an under cover video of Lane turning down the job that's floating around the Twitter sphere and, and TikTok sphere. I don't believe Lane turned I don't even think Lane even got the job offer, but that's the scuttlebutt. If he were to flip from Ole Miss to Alabama, he would probably be getting death threats from the state of Mississippi. I don't think he got offered. Like would you say, hey Lane, come on, coach No, given this I wouldn't Higher lane. He, he's he's prime candidate to be an analyst under Saban, not to be a head coach for Bama. <laughs> I think Bama. You saw what the offense was when he was there. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not. He can't hold the ship. Uh, Saban's claim to fame, even more so than everything everything else. Well, just about the same. Oh, hold on! Don't else. start moving yet. I got a question. Do you think this DeBoer's guy, DeBoer guy, can handle the ball? I can handle the ship. Given his track record, why not? This is Alabama. I know, but this dude's been a winner everywhere he's been. That's it. So time to put up or shut up. I mean, this is his opportunity. It is. This is maker. This is like this is no, a career hi- no hiding real or no deal. Yeah, this is a career-defining job. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Jim Harbaugh, Ryan Day, this guy... Kirby. I don't know if those guys can have the wheel. Honest to God, I don't know who takes that ship and ever touches what Nick did. That's the thing. Like, if two jobs coming into college football that I would never touch with a 10 foot pole would have been Alabama or Ohio State. The pressure to win every damn game is just too high. Because you know, the first game that Alabama loses with DeBoer. They're going to be calling for his head. I think they oh, played yeah. Georgia game one. Really? I'm pretty sure they got Georgia right off the rip. Let me look up Alabama's schedule. Uh, they. As we're going through this, Alex, read that next line. The next line. I feel like this is like popcorn. Uh, popcorn, Alex, go. Popcorn, Alex, go. Washington hires Arizona's Jed Fish. 
Jim, you are very wrong. They don't play until the end. Game of four. Game four. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like we would have heard so much about it if that was the first game. But you're you're the new guy running Alabama. You got Western Kentucky, not a slouch. USF. Who? All right. Who? USF. No, who before that? Hilltoppers. Uh, Hilltoppers. <laughs> or, I think that's one of the show's new teams. <laughs> no, Wisconsin. It's Jim. Add them to the list. Uh, Wisconsin. I, I don't allow them to be on the list. Hilltoppers. <laughs> the third game you got Wisconsin. Which, meh, a nice little tune-up game. And then Georgia. Hey, we about to find out real quick. Dive into the deep end, buddy. Here you go. September's rough. So they call you, hey, Muff, we want you to take over Alabama. Most of your guys are pretty pissed off that the uh, Nick Saban, the GOAT, the guy you're replacing, god of college football, left. And we're not real sure how many of your studs are going to be there. But we still think you're the guy for the job. You just lost the national championship. But we still think you're the guy for the job. By the way, you got Georgia game four. Okay, let's cool. do it. Give me, give me a Bear Bryant hat. We're gonna, we're gonna roll back. We're gonna roll this clock back. Make it happen. Whew. Uh the, the balls on that guy. As Alex said, Washington has hired Arizona's Jed Fish, who apparently had a meeting shorter than it took to read his farewell on social media, and the players were not happy about it. Brought them in, and apparently, two or three minutes later, all the players were walking right back out. What do they want to do? What do they really want that meeting to look like? Here's another question for you. I'm just throwing questions for the boys in the middle of this. You're about to leave your team. You had a decent year. What does that farewell look like? I love you. What's it look like? You expect it to be a little bit more than, hi, everybody. Guess what? You've probably already seen this all over, you know, the social media. Uh, I'm leaving. I'm going to Washington. Great knowing you. Bye-bye. Like, you expect a little bit more than that. What do you expect? I mean, I hope the coach was direct with them, but at the same time, if it only took a two- or three-minute team meeting and that was it, yoy. I feel like just saying, does anyone have any questions? Maybe you would have extended it a little. Like, Yeah. Do you have anything about who may be taking over? Are there any – Is what's the rest of the coaching staff look like, right? Those are things that those players may want to at least have an understanding about. Uh, I mean, I went through, and this is much smaller level, went through a coaching change when I was in high school that happened at a really odd time. And we at least had like the opportunity to have a discussion with the person. It was like a 10 or 15 minute discussion. I mean, granted that's high school versus major college athletics, but that person at least gave us some time. The way I see it, all 99, we'll call it 150 people standing around, have the opportunity to go somewhere else and do something else. You come in, you say, listen, I got an opportunity. I can't pass up. They're offering me more money. We've had a great run. You all can follow me if you want, because we all know how this portal works. It's just business, nothing personal. See you later. I just don't get it. Uh, they just had a very successful season. I feel like the players are at a little bit more than that. Nah. That's just my personal take. 
And last, before we get into a discussion on what has happened in the Super Wild Card Weekend, NFL Draft Talk, Caleb Williams has declared for the draft, and apparently <gasps> the assurances that he was looking for that the Bears will be trading their number one overall pick, which he previously stated was integral to his decision. Do we have another Eli Manning? Do we have another John Elway? Do we have another Jim Kelly situation on our hands with Caleb Williams? Fuck this guy. No, because I don't think the Bears are going to draft a quarterback anyway. Okay. Jim, would you like Bears. to elaborate on your, your language? I would screw him and not and then draft him and be like, well, I have, you, buddy. <laughs> I have the same feelings I have about him as I did as a Charger fan when Eli pulled his shit. Like, that's not how this works, bud. You don't get to dictate things. You're not you're not a god. If I were the Bears, draft Marv, number one. Of course you would say that if you were the Bears. You need a receiver, draft anybody but him, number one. Eh, guess you're not number one. Missed that payday, didn't you? Don't want to play for us? Missed that payday. Sucks to if, suck, brother. I don't know if that's the, the best overall. I, I don't think the Bears strategy should be to screw Caleb Williams. I think that's If poor. somebody comes out and says they don't poor. want to play for my team, They'll do anything but play for my team. All right, then don't. I'm not going to draft you. Again, I'm not going to do I don't do feel it. like a good draft strategy is to screw other people. Oh, yeah, I'm going to screw his eyes out. No, but if that's his camp coming out and saying, you know, we're not going to declare for the draft because we know we're that good and we're pretty sure we're the number one overall pick, but we're only coming out if you promise you're not going to draft us one and you're going to trade your pick. Piss off. He's hey, apparently he may have the leverage to do it. And if he's that hot of a commodity, that's that's what may be. Who's coming I'm, to get him, you think? Okay. I mean, Washington might draft the quarterback. Yeah. Oh, I hope. I don't know. Do you think Washington will with Sam Howell? I mean, depending if they get their coach in before the draft, I mean the coach might want to bring in someone new and start over. Yeah, uh, they may also be playing. The GM makes the decisions, and the coach coaches the team. I don't know if that's. I'm just saying that's mm-hmm. maybe how they're how they're rolling with this this overall. Um, I mean, you commanders, like commanders are looking at it. The Patriots could be looking for a quarterback. Um, do next, you like what next he up did? after that? Could be. Mm-hmm. The Falcons. I do not like what Caleb Williams did. No, not at all. Off not going to answer. Well, you asked a question about the draft order, and I'm giving you my thoughts on this. You're There's right. three You're or four right. teams in the top ten that I think may be looking to jump in and see what they see what is available for them. Uh, do I like what Caleb Williams did? I don't like it as a fan of football, but in the age where we continually decipher all of these decisions based on business it's a business decision he has to make he's using leverage appropriately and if he's able to use it to get them to be the number one overall draft pick then guess what he did it correctly whether you I'll like it or right not back. i'll be right back all right that will bring <laughs> us into super wild card weekend starting with saturday football as the Joe Flacco magic ran out 
and the old gunslinger showed off his pick six skills while C.J. Stroud shows he is no normal rookie as the Texans easily get past the Browns, 45-14. to 14. How do we feel about the Texans' performance and the Browns' defense fading away? The Texans shot up in their odds to win the Super Bowl after this game. Relax. <laughs> yeah. If the opposite odds were available, I feel like Nate would be willing to put money down on it. No, that were Tampa Bay's odds that jumped like that after a first-round win. No. Relax. It's a long way to go. Is a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Um, <laughs> something that I did see hanging out about in the world was the, the obviously the Browns defense was less than up to the task. They were without Denzel Ward, but their pass rush, specifically Miles Garrett, was somebody that uh, many expected to show out in this type of game, and he did not. Um, don't think there's any bearing on this to the defensive player of the year, but would you have expected more from a top candidate? Yeah, you expect your big-time players to make big-time plays in the playoffs, and that just didn't happen. I mean, I just remember looking up, and it was 17-14, and then before I knew it, I looked back up because I wasn't watching this game. I was at a birthday dinner for my sister-in-law, and I'm like, holy crap, when do they put 40? (laughs) I feel like um, Miles Garrett, all I heard about him all day was him complaining about how he was being held. Well, that's what any NFL player does anymore. I know. It's just sad like that was what was talked about. Who in the hell is that? Sorry, the Bucks just scored. And I, don't, I don't even think I know who that receiver is. It's a new player. New player on the team. Uh, and the Texans did all of this, and they don't even have Tank Dell in the lineup right now. If he was still healthy, Nate, would you be more of a believer in those Super Bowl odds? Super Bowl odds, no. More of a believer they can make some noise in the playoffs, yes. Once Tank Dell went down, I thought that their shots at even making the playoffs were over. Yeah. So uh, we will see. How about Joe Flacco? What do we think about Joe Flacco going into next year? Is he going to find a spot to to compete for his starting job? If the situation's right, maybe. If not, I think he's definitely put his name back in there to be a quality backup somewhere and not be on his couch watching these games. Amen to that. And in the first extreme game with the weather of the postseason, the shirtless Hardo showed up with reckless abandon. It was the home chiefs who handed the enemy the elements best, beating the candy ass uniform dolphins 26 to 7. Uh, we have confirmed that Tua Tonga Vailoa is no bueno in the cold weather. Mike McDaniel isn't great when his fit is limited by the weather. And we have confirmed that Swag Surfing is about to make a resurgence within the Taylor Swift community. How do we feel about this game? I wasn't able to watch this game on the fact that I don't have Peacock, which was kind of annoying. You don't have Peacock? Nope. Um, Nate, don't tell Peacock, but I would have given you my password. If you That's ever... okay. We could have used uh, Ashley's, but I was like, well, wasn't really intrigued by that game. I was tired, whatever. But I couldn't imagine going to a game where that's that freaking cold. Yeah, the, the fact that the people were out there and actually taking in this game, good for them. Maybe bad for their health, but good for them as people mm-hmm. that they. I mean, <laughs> for all the different it. videos and pictures I've saw of like the water coming out of the cooler and you immediately f- turns into ice and people open up their beers and it just explodes and freezes. 
But what I also thought was neat, and I didn't know they did this, which I've heard of places doing this before, what they invested like $2.2 million back in like 2016 for an under the field heating system. It's like there's so like they place. said, it's negative 30 wind chill outside, but they said the field itself was heated to like 50 degrees or something mm-hmm. underneath. So there's there like no ice or snow. So the field conditions weren't that big of a deal. But plus, you know, those teams have all those heaters on the sideline and those heated benches, and jackets or whatever, but. It, de- it definitely makes the playing conditions a little bit better, especially on the field. Right. Uh, it makes I, you wonder if teams have the same system or do they all kind of have it? Yeah, I think the Packers have some type of system. Um, I don't know if it's that new. Um, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes' helmet had a bit of an issue in this game. Yeah, uh, it exploded. <laughs> had an explosion, which uh, there was a lot of interesting discussion live during this game about how the game was able to be stopped, him given a new helmet, and the Chiefs did not have to call a timeout. Uh, I think this was different than a lot of other scenarios that play out typically on the field, not just because the it was not just like a total malfunction, uh, but he also wears the green dot, which means somebody has to have the play call. So I don't know how that plays into the NFL's rules into why there was no uh, requirement for the Chiefs to call a timeout in order to make that switch. I mean, without seeing this live, I mean, as long as they have a spare helmet on the sideline, he just runs over, tosses the helmet out, puts a new one on. Yeah, they, but they stopped the play clock. They stopped the game clock, everything for that to happen, which was what was the discussion. Yeah, I mean, even like in the high school level, if you do that and you get to stop a, the game for uh, equipment like that, mm-hmm. that player's got to go out for at least one play. Yeah, none of that happened, Nate. Yep, it was it was definitely up for discussion during the game. Uh, there was a lot. There was a lot for that. Like I saw a whole helmet breakdown. The of the three, maybe four different helmets that are used in the NFL, and the reason why his is it broke like that is because the foam inside of it is susceptible to like hardening in the cold, and the flex of it. Because it was cold, he got overflexed. But he also led with his head. No, no. talking about <clears throat> that. Yeah. Like, why wasn't there a penalty for that? Well, Patrick- yeah. There's a lot of times those penalties have come after the fact, not penalties, but those fines, right? We've seen that a lot this year. So if that is to come, it's probably going to be post. And I thought it was interesting that on the Kelsey podcast, they were talking about how, you know, in cold games, you keep your your helmet on the floor near the bench that has the heaters because it'll make your helmet soft. But they didn't have Mahomes' backup helmet anywhere near a heater. So his backup helmet was, like, super stiff. It's cold as ice. And couldn't even get it on his head, he said. Probably going to sacrifice his life. I turned it into life instead of love. That was good. Thanks. It just seemed a, a bit much. There was a lot going on in that game, but the Chiefs do get the victory to move on to the divisional round of the playoffs. Moving into Sunday wild card football in the game that didn't happen until today or till Sunday, till Monday, Buffalo's mayor called the game and the Steelers fans were a bit upset. 
yeah. I mean, after seeing the pictures and videos, uh, I don't blame him for postponing that game. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, <laughs> I agree. People are still upset about it. Uh, but moving on to what actually did happen on Sunday, Stephen A. Smith's wet dream happened as Jordan Love made his final We're transformation. We're not going to talk about how the Steelers lost? I mean, that's tonight. That happened. We're on Sunday, Jim, Jim. Not Monday. Oh, okay. so chronologically, things happened. The game okay. was canceled. Okay. All right. All right. Jordan Love made his final transformation to the next one in Green Bay. As the Packers destroy the Cowboys 48 to 32, Jerry World was no match for Love in the Pack, and the score was nowhere near an indica- indication of the game that was. Dallas goes down. Skip Bayless throws away another jersey. And what do we think will hold the future in Dallas for Mike McCarthy? Oh, he gone. He gone. I, I mean, I don't understand why everyone's calling for Mike McCarthy said. I mean, Dallas just played a shit game at the wrong time. Yeah, but he's the coach, Nate. I, I know, but look at what he's done with that. Dallas. I mean, they were the number one offense in the league this year. After they that, fired their offensive coordinator last year. Right. Who happens to be Jim's offensive coordinator now. How'd that go, Jim? Not well. So, I mean, you saw how well they could play on offense. They showed glimpses on defense. They just got got. I mean, again, unless you think you're going to go out and guarantee yourself of getting Belichick and you think he's just going to work wonders and it's going to be a plug-and-play kind of thing, I don't know what they're smoking in Dallas. I mean, McCarthy's been nothing but good for them. And again, it's like, who are you going to go get that's miraculously going to make you win a playoff game, let alone get to the Super Bowl? Jim, who do you think that person could be? I don't think it matters. If you think he's gone. I don't think it matters. Somebody's got to pay the, the ultimate price. Jerry's going to have somebody's head. So either Dak's getting traded, McCarthy's going to go down, Jerry's going to have his pint of blood. Well, they're already saying that they think they might lose Dan Quinn to one of these head coaching vacancies. I don't think that's good enough. That's somebody walking out on Jerry. Jerry needs to walk somebody out. You don't think that's a, a a good way to get the defensive situation turned around? And I mean, they didn't perform in the big game. I don't they have Jerry arguably cares. one of the best defensive players in the league, and Michael Parsons. They had Deron Bland this year. Skip doesn't think that Mike is any good. Does Jim think that Skip? That Mike I think good? Mike is fantastic. Can we <laughs> talk about Skip throwing away all those jerseys and shirts for a minute. Can we get the man a better fucking trash can? <laughs> Every time picks one up, throws it away. Then the can. Skip's got to open the can back up. Throw another one in. I also saw some chatter about be a man, Skip. Burn him. Quit throwing him in the garbage <laughs> and pick him back out and throw him away next year. Yeah. <laughs> Those people saying he's just recycling I, the jerseys I, that he throws away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the same song and dance every year with between Skip and Stephen A. Mm-hmm. It's, good. it's good television. It's good television. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the brand new Lions are all the way back, taking out former player Matthew Stafford and completing that their trade of Stafford was worth it all by getting their first playoff win in many people's entire lifetimes, 24 to 23 over the Rams. Yeah, there was a hit on Stafford where his eyes rolled in the back of his head. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, he's fine. I was like, is he? 
You sure? Your safety I mean, that... may not have been at the, uh, the the front of everybody's minds in that one. But no, even I mean... always said Stafford's one of the toughest dudes out there. He'll play through anything. But <laughs> but even I... the eyes in the sky called down. They were like, "Stop the play for a second. Can you go over and check and make sure that man's been checked out?" And the rest were like, "There's no stoppage." They did, in fact, check on him. Like, even the eyes in the sky were like, something's got to be wrong with him. We see the footage. His eyes are in the back of his skull. Maybe he just was doing The Undertaker on purpose. Yeah, scared maybe. Because he was maybe, seeing the stars. Maybe that's just the one that woke him up a little bit. Okay, I'm back in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's bad. They go over the wrong sideline. That would have been great. It would have been about the best thing that could have happened. <laughs> a lot of a lot of fun though for the for the Lions Nation. I uh, hear people crying right post post game. You didn't even there really see tears. the last few snaps. They just kept cutting to people. Mm-hmm. If I would have told you at the beginning of the year that the Lions would make it further than the Cowboys this year, I would have believed in you. Yeah, Alex, I give full credit to Alex. He would have said, I agree. Alex may be one of the only people outside of Detroit that may have, would have yeah. agreed with that one. So, uh, so yeah, brand new lines. We have come, we've come full circle, uh, which brings us into Monday's games, one which is happening as we're recording. But in the earlier game on Monday, in the game that we scheduled from Saturday due to a travel plan in and around Buffalo. There was still snow in the stands and near zero degree temps, but that couldn't cool off Josh Allen and the Red Hot Bills, who take it to Mason Rudolph and the Steelers, 31-17, to set up a matchup next week where they'll host the Chiefs. Chiefs have got to hate life. Hey, this is the first time in the Mahomes era they've actually got to play an away game in the playoffs. Yeah. But, I mean, like, they got to be like, can we just get a warmer place to play? Mm. This is the what did they say that it, this is going to be the first of Patrick Mahomes away playoff games ever? Yes, ever. Because he like his other than Super Bowls, which are at neutral sites, like this is his first time. Well, and every other time he's been the one seed or the yeah. one seed lost, and they've been the high seed remaining, so they've been the home team. Home team. Also, how do we feel about the Steelers? I don't feel any. I don't feel Different. poorly about their season. Right. I mean, for all for all the crap that they've gone through throughout the season from the offensive side of the ball, especially defensively, that middle of that defensive not back well, backfield is too, because you had safety, you had Casey out, you had Fitzpatrick out, you had pretty much all of their linebackers out. Yeah. At some that, point. Well, at some point out. or have been on the Cam Hayward IR. was never healthy. Mm-mm. He was probably one of the most healthy in that but whole thing. He was never full in the end. Yeah. Uh, and then you had, you didn't even have T.J. Watt in this game. Now, I don't think T.J. Watt would have made a difference in the outcome, but it may outcome, have been a no, different but, game. Yeah, okay. I was going to say in the outcome, maybe no, but in the game as a whole, yes. Right. So, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's anything for the Steelers to hang their heads about for this season. No. Yes, they will be upset. Yes, everybody wants to win. And, yes, they were in a position early in the first half where there was a 14 point swing whenever they threw an interception in the end zone. And then Buffalo went down and scored a touchdown on a long Josh Allen run. So I think that was the turning point in the game and everything else just kind of flowed from there. Yep. 
Yep. I think the Steelers uh, should take this season as a win. I think it's not a bad year. Definitely not a bad year. And the Bills still looking like that team that everyone wants to be that second candidate in the AFC. Like of the losers of wildcard weekend. They're the top of the losers. I'll take that. Sure. I don't. I'm not going to rank the losers at this point. Like the Browns got to hate life. I don't know. I think it might be people on suicide watching Dallas. Right. That's, yeah. I agree. Yeah. The Browns were at least like, oh, we had Joe Flacco in. We didn't even have him on our roster at the beginning of the year. I don't hmm. think I mean, yeah, the Browns, we lost I mean, our number one that. back. We lost Chubb, right? Yeah. I mean, the Browns. Yeah. You lose your number one QB. You lose your number one running back. Plus, I, I don't think they numbers. were going to get blown out 45 to 14. No, I don't think they anticipated that. But I think that as a Browns fan, if on the outside looking in, you got to be, one, surprised you made the playoffs, given the amount of injuries, and two, at the same time, you got to be thankful that you, Flacco even got you there. Yeah. I mean, I find my Browns fan on the outside looking in, I'm like, we're bringing in this guy who hasn't even been in a camp <laughs> all That's year. True. That's true. So, I mean, at least he gave that town hope again. So, I mean, the Browns can stay healthy and keep that nucleus together. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with. It's fair. All right, Nate, what's our Eagles Bucks live look in? Just end of the first quarter, 10 nothing Bucks. Who's got the ball driving? Tampa Bay's got the ball in driving. They're currently chucking it all over the yard across the middle of the field right now. Ooh, Nate may have a divisional round playoff matchup to get excited about for next week. Speaking of next week's games, we will be starting on Saturday afternoon, Texans at Ravens at 4.30 kick, followed by the primetime matchup of the Packers traveling to San Francisco to take on the 49ers in an 8.15 Eastern matchup on Sunday. We will have the Eagles Bucks winner traveling to Detroit Rock City on a Sunday 3 p.m. kick, followed by the primetime matchup Chiefs at Bills Sunday at 6.30. What is the matchup we are most looking forward to as of right now? Um, I think just because of the names and the teams, you got to be looking at the Chiefs-Bills game. But I'm excited about the Texans-Ravens game, to be honest. I think if, it's the Texans, if the Texans offense can perform the way it has been, that could be a really fun game. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with that. I'm uh, I'm interested in the chiefs bills. Just right. That's just the one I want. It's the one I want to watch above all. I'll watch all of them. I'm sure. But that's the one above all. I want to make sure I set a time, set aside time to take in. Uh, that wraps up this week's recap of super wildcard weekend. Bring us into some other interesting news in sports, starting with Florida State facing NIL sanctions, the first of their kind, as they committed two violations in a single afternoon when a current assistant arranged an off-campus meeting with the CEO of a Seminoles Collective. This dates back to April 2022, when the coach drove a recruit and his parents to an off-campus meeting with a booster, who happened to be the CEO of a collective... During the meeting, which the coach was not in attendance for, the booster outlined how much they could pay the player if he enrolled. The booster then contacted the recruit and his family, and they were willing to offer him fifteen grand a month for his first year with 
the team. The sanctions will include two years of probation, two years show cause for the assistant coach, including a suspension from the next three regular season games, recruiting restrictions, um, three-year dissociation from the booster, one-year dissociation from the collective, $5,000 fine plus fine plus 1% of the football budget. That's the first time I've seen that. And they will have a 5% reduction in scholarships over the probation period, totaling five scholarships. So when they say two years of probation, what exactly does that entail? Well, I think that plays in with the like scholarship production. Like it's those penalties that really come into probation is we don't want to see this happen again because if it does, we're going to come down harder on you. But how uh, do we feel about this being the first? I think it's uh, carefully timed. I think the Florida State talks shit on the NCAA and the playoff system, and this is what they got. Yeah, it's very ironic, isn't it? Do we think this will be any type of deterrent for major programs when they're dealing with their collectives and NIL deals? The only thing I think it would do is show that there might be some regulations you need to adhere to. This isn't a complete free-for-all. Yeah. It's just a warning shot to all the other programs. This is what we can do. But what if Florida State said no? Like, this is where I'm at with it. No. I'm not paying you. I'm not doing that shit. No. And you no longer belong to the NCAA. Okay. Like, what if we're, like, at that point? Well, then what does Florida State do? Their program collapses, Jim. Where are they going to go? I don't think the NCAA has any pull over anybody. What if they all just got together and said, no. We're not doing it. Not doing what? We're not letting you govern our programs anymore. Right, Jim. We already know that's that's where all this is heading in some point. Let it's Florida just... State be the first. You won't let us leave this. You won't let us do that. You Your playoff system was a joke. No. I understand they can be the first, but then they have to get enough teams to make it worthwhile to actually start a league. Florida State cannot persist without belonging to something. I think I think Florida State needs to step up and the rest will follow. I don't know. Well, I think they need to have people be willing to follow before they just make the Yes. It's like, go ahead, Jim, jump off the bridge. I'll jump with you. <laughs> That's true. But you jump first. <laughs> yeah. You jump first. Tell me how cold the water is. There it is. I guess it'll just be interesting how things play out. Is they're gonna? I haven't seen any of the finger pointing yet, but but them, right? I have a feeling that's that's coming very soon in this whole deal. Um, Jerry Krause's widow Thelma got caught in the crossfire during a Ring of Honor ceremony in Chicago as fans booed Jerry Krause's name when introduced and Thelma. His widow was in tears on the court. Move over Philadelphia. Chicago is here to take the throne of ruthless fans. That is a little assholery. That's assholish. But not surprised. Disappointed, but not surprised. Mm-hmm. Jim, you're one that shared this. What are your thoughts? I I don't know. I don't know. Like the last dance happened. 
Michael Jordan's also said some shit in some acceptance speeches about Jerry. They booed the man. His wife was just accepting the award. Like, shit happens. Yeah, yeah she's just guilty by association. But Jerry's dead. I know. So why are you? Know. I mean, yeah, nothing she could do about it, but I mean. I don't believe in booing dead people. Jerry killed the dynasty. I just don't yeah. believe in booing dead people. There's 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 a lot of other people. All right, people Alex, that will I say... challenge that. So like Adolf Hitler, you're gonna not boo him. Okay, come on now. There's a difference between the mass execution of three million Jews and and others. And you made a blanket statement said you don't boo dead people. So, you do in uh, fact boo. Dead I don't people. boo dead sports people. I don't boo dead sports figures. So when OJ Simpson dies, not booing I will, him. I don't believe that he should be booed. Okay. I if if he's not I don't I don't believe he should be booed if his family is there accepting something on his behalf. I think that that's maybe that's more it for me like his wife is there standing there and you're really just booing his wife. Like that's a little much for me. Like it's probably some nice little old lady who's getting booed in the middle of a basketball court and that just rubs me the wrong way. Well, she's not a true fan. Like she would understand. He killed the dynasty. She should I don't. Too. I mean, yes. I speculate that it was Jerry Reinsdorf. Not Jerry. Jim, if you were the coach of a basketball team and you lost the dynasty or whatever, and Joe yeah. came out to collect an award and we just booed her until she cried. You she would, would boo as well. Like, yeah, that man's an idiot. Well, that's because that's you. That was a bad example. Right. <laughs> I think it's someone else's whose wife likes them more. Hold on. Right. <laughs> wife likes them more. What if it was Miss Terry? What was Nick Saban? Yeah. And he was out accepting an award. What? What? T- he clutched the Browns, and they were awful, right? Maybe. Yeah, him. but I mean, he didn't kill anything. Like, I mean, it was already dead in, in Cleveland, but, right? Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I do say Jerry Reinsdorf played just as big a role in that whole debacle as well. But Jerry Krause is the one that gets the gets the problems. All right. Tiger Woods has parted ways with Nike after 27 years in a partnership that had. Worldwide success, built a golf brand at Nike and helped propel Tiger into international stardom. Speculation right now is that Woods will switch to TaylorMade after using one of their prototype drivers within the past month. He has also used their clubs for years, and TaylorMade has hinted at a new apparel line upcoming and a deal reportedly up to $450 million if it goes down. How do we feel that Tiger will no longer be associated with Nike Golf? And Nike. Okay. Like we said earlier about the coach leaving Wa- or uh, Arizona for Washington, it's a bigger deal. Like they're yeah. going to give him more money. I'll just miss like the black, the red Nike polo and the black Nike hat. Like I'm right. a big fan I'm just of saying, classic like, things. It'll just look weird. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the Sunday, mm-hmm. the Sunday red will not look like Sunday red anymore. Um, I mean, it's probably. At some point, they were going to drop Tiger. How often is he going to be wearing Sunday red anymore in his career? <laughs> That's the question. What if he? What if he just does it every day, every Sunday, regardless of whether he's golfing or not? He just wears it. It's like, <laughs> it's like him and Charlie like go to some event or whatever. It's like, hey guys, how much you want to bet Tiger's going to be wearing our goddamn red shirt and black pants? I mean, Nike would hope that because it's then it's free pub for them. I mean. Uh, like he's just super, super, like he's just really superstitious. It's like, guys, I gotta wear a red something on red shirt of some sort. Yeah, I don't think it's that big a deal. He's leaving Nike. 
Yeah. You guys, you guys have just become yeah. so you've been so desensitized to the traditions. I I said like, I this will would not be like, like Ohio seeing... State and Michigan not playing the Saturday after Thanksgiving, Jim. I said I would not like seeing him not in his Sunday Reds. That is not what it's like, Mom. But I'm gonna let you have your moment. It's not. No. There have been more Sunday Red Tiger days with Nike than there probably have been. The man been. might actually wear red on Sunday. Nobody says it's not going to happen, Mom. It's not going to be Nike, though. Oh, I'm sorry. It's still going to be red on a Sunday. All right, Jim. All right. For at least 14 years, ESPN has submitted fake names to be considered for Emmy Awards. Then they would take the awards off of the imaginary winners to be re-engraved and sent to on-air personalities. ESPN now has to vacate 37 Emmys. Well, because they weren't real. I mean, it's not vacating an Emmy if it wasn't real. It's just what didn't exist already doesn't exist. I don't know how that works. That doesn't make sense. From what I've yeah. gathered, no, in a no, limited like... amount, the limited amount I've, I've researched, I've, I've about the things I've read into, is apparently the the namesake of a show is not eligible for certain Emmys. So they were putting in fake names that were then re-engraved as part of the show. So say it was, I'm just using an example, uh, with Stephen A. Smith show. Like Stephen A. would not be eligible for certain awards. So they would put in a person's fake name, but it would still be from like the Stephen A. Smith show. And then once that person would win it, they would re-engrave it with Stephen A. Smith's name, and then that would be his. Yeah, I'm going to say that, that ESPN wasn't the only people to do this then. Probably not, but when you're the worldwide leader in sports, and you have a, take a lot of very, uh, you grandstand on your ethics and your morals and how you cover the sport, especially over some other people and networks, I feel like this is a bad, bad thing for them to have go down. I think yeah, it's, it's stupid, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a black eye. Right, but you're not going to hear about it because the worldwide leader in sports isn't going to report on it. Right. Well, and they're backed by the mouse. Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest thing is we're not going to hear this come out as much because they can like, bury it. I think we should stop talking about it, frankly. Why? Because I don't want to challenge the mouse. I'll challenge the mouse. All right. The mouse can get in my pocket and I will Get out of here, mouse. Can you not make that gesture about anything in your pocket oh. ever again? Get out of here, mouse. Mouse in his pocket. Put that mouse in my pocket. What's the mouse in your pocket do for you, mom? Tells me, tells me cool things. I bet it does. Draymond Green has made his return to the court. He played on Monday against the Grizzlies after serving a total of 16 games of his open-ended suspension for his most recent on-court issue, slapping a man in the face. Do we think 16 was enough for Draymond and over under a month well, a, before he has another on-court? What? Was it enough for Draymond? As in, like, <laughs> did it fit the crime or was it enough for him to learn his lesson? Yes. Neither. Yeah. Yes. Jim. I'm gonna go. Was it enough to fit the crime? Yes. For him to learn his lesson? No. Okay. Over under one month before he has another on court issue. Under. Over. Jim goes over. Nate's on the under. Alex. Uh. Under. I'm gonna go with the over, but not much more. Yeah. 
think six weeks. 50, 50, 50. <laughs> six weeks would be like my my even odds, I think. Uh, get him to around the all-star break and then something stupid's going to go down. All right, Jen, say anything else we want to chat about in the sports world? Jim, do you want to talk about your Kraken? I do. I do. I do. Uh, so I went to the Kraken game. I got to tell you about this experience, okay? It was during the Browns playoff game. I went to the bar that we all went to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became a Cleveland bar. Odd. Very odd for me to see such revelry in Ohio sports at a bar. Okay. At the point in the game, Cleveland was still in it. There was cheering. There was commotion. Every time the the Browns won, it was a a jubilation. Okay. So that was cool, right? I was standing next to somebody who every time the Texans scored, this woman would cheer. I happen to have money on the Texans. So I was like, yeah, I kind of agree with you. She goes, I go, did you bet on it? She goes, nope. We're Steelers fans. Unzips her coat because it was cold and goes, I don't want to see Cleveland win. Because fuck them. And I was like, yep, you're a Yenzer. Got it. Got it. So I say, bring this to you guys to say, this is why I hate Steelers fans. It has nothing to do with them. No bearing on them. Why are they talking trash on Cleveland? Why are you talking trash on Jim Harbaugh? Uh, that man is a rival. So are the and Browns for the Steelers. Cleveland are rivals? Yeah, the, so are the Browns for the Steelers. But I also wasn't like, I want Michigan to lose if we can roll back the tape. You I actually say, did. You actually did very much re- actively root against Michigan in the national championship game. I did not. I did we not. need screenshots going on social media. Well, okay, maybe. <laughs> anyway, so that I'm thinking, I'm in. Full and you crack. don't want him to be your coach in for oh, the Chargers, even though not. he is a highly successful human. But being. I did not hate on the Michigan fans. I refer to your social media a week before the game every year. I hate on them at that point because we're about to play them. Anyway, right. So. I go to the the Kraken game, and mm-hmm. this is where I have a problem. I, I have my Seattle gear on. I was Seattled up. You call me the capo of, of the Midwest, Midwest crack, crack, house. crack House. Yep. The place was packed with Kraken fans. <laughs> I thought I was going to be like the the sore thumb. Mm. Packed. Apparently, you are not a trendsetter. You are a follower. I am a follower. Okay, but also, I don't know if I can be the capo because there were so many people way more decked out than I was. Like, what what did they have on that you did not? Hoodies, signs, jerseys, pants, all decked out. (laughs) Were you even dressed up as the crack, like the Kraken? No, but that would have been sweet. That's how you can outdo them, Jim. I think I might. Good point. (laughs) You found the niche. (laughs) But the last thing I want to bring up so, Defender. Vince Dunn got into a brawl with Blue Jackets player Cole Sillinger. Okay. Okay. It's on my Twitter feed. I reposted it. It was amazing. This guy threw about seven punches before the guy even knew it was coming. Epic. So follow me on Twitter if you want to see that fight. 
So you enjoyed the fight. Oh, I was so good. As we would have expected. How can people follow you on Twitter, Jim? Uh, I am at Jimmy Douglas on the Twitter machine. Spell Jimmy. J-I-M-I. D-O-U-G-L-A-S. Yes, A-S. 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 And you can see that fight. But it was a good time. Solidified that I am a Kraken fan for sure. And then they lost the Penguins on the next day. They did. But half their team did not play. That does not matter to me. This is their like buttholes. Everyone's going and they all stink. Wins are wins. And this is why you guys are (laughs) Gingers. Fuck you guys. (laughs) (laughs) A win's a win. A win's a win. A win is a win. And we hope that Nate's Bucks get a win that you get to celebrate with him going into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of this week. And get excited for divisional weekend in the NFL as we've wrapped up Super Wild Card Weekend. Along with this episode of Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. As always, make sure you follow us on the socials at Sports Jim Muff on Instagram and Twitter, Sports Stuff, W4 slash Jim, Amber Sam Muff on Facebook, on YouTube. Subscribe, comment, rate, review, poke, like. Get the bell off. Ding, ding. And tickle your way all the way to a win. And make sure you keep this train rolling and that you tell a friend, make a friend, be a friend.